Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome back to the MLB Daily Podcast, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content, we believe. I am LJ LaFura, alongside me in person, the first in-person recording of this podcast since, I believe, December 23rd, will be Taylor Viles, senior writer for Cape League Baseball, will be joining us to talk about these games today. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well, LJ. It's been a a long semester, but, you know, we're almost through it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, of course, I've got getting the pleasure of being right next to Taylor because we are both attending LaSalle University Mm -hmm. at this given point in time, hopefully both so successfully once finals a week is over. (laughs) But how do we get on into these matchups we've got here? We're going to start off with the Marlins and the Nationals. The Nationals used timely hitting from Josh Bell and a homer by Jan Gomes to get out to a 7-0 lead. Despite Marlins first baseman Jesus Aguilar hitting another one, a solo shot to left center, the Nationals hold on to win 7-2. Give the win to Patrick Corbin. He went seven innings, allowing two earned runs, and the loss to Paul Campbell, who went three and two-thirds of an inning, allowing four earned runs. Today's matchup will be Trevor Rogers and Max Scherzer. So next up, Taylor, we've got one that unfortunately we did not get to celebrate the result that we would have loved to celebrate here (laughs) as Red Sox fans. We got Tigers and Yankees with some help from a three RBI night by Aaron Judge. 
the Yankees pulled out to a six to one lead in the middle innings. The Tigers did add some drama in the seventh and eighth inning when when they added two with the set in the seventh, and then Nico Goodrum scored a good old home run, making it six to four. Six to four will, of course, be your final. Give the win to Jamison Tyone. He went five innings, allowing one earned run and eight strikeouts. The loss will be given to Spencer Turnbull. He went five innings, allowing four earned runs. And give that save to Araldis Chapman. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chapman, he's, he's racking up the saves this season. All he's, he's starting to be leaders in the AL, I believe, are uh, actually Matt Barnes and uh, Diego Castillo for Tampa. They got yep. like six each, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, I believe Barnes is somewhere around six. Of course, you've got um, the guy out in San Diego, Mark Melanson, who's been right. really racking him up out there. I believe he's up at, up to nine yeah. now. He's had a heck of a career. Yeah, Melanson. really all over the – he's been all over the place. Part of that um, very – strangely put to uh strange time strangely timed uh bullpen in san francisco where you had him you had will smith in there you had all of these like really good and now closing pitchers with no offense to surround them with mad mad bum also wasted a lot of his career there he was also in uh in washington for a brief minute too right melanson yes yeah but uh but also aaron judge is it in 291 now uh in the al and uh i mean solid season i mean what can you say right he, he's a he's a stud i hate to say it you know yankees but um he's got a uh, seven homers uh this season and he's still putting the power on yeah i honestly i've got to get your thoughts on this aaron judge in the mvp conversation what are your thoughts on that so far i mean i think it's it's been a month i don't think you can even start to talk about mvp yet i mean there are so many guys uh in the al i guess if we're talking al that that um, are worthy as of a month, but I don't think until like the all-star break, which is there going to be an all-star game this season? Yes. That has been announced. Okay. So I don't think until really all-star break, you can begin to say, oh, uh, oh, this guy is in the MVP running. It's just too early. Yeah. The all-star game this year will be in Colorado now Mm. after being moved from Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, I certainly get your spot there, but you look at um, I'm not sure how much you look into a lot of the um, advanced, the more stat cast centered expected analytics and such, but he's on fire as much, if not more there than he is on the field. Let's move on to the Mets and the Phillies, who I was very excited to see how this game went today after all of the magic or pizzazz or whatever you'd like to call it that happened yesterday between mm-hmm. Dom Smith and Jose Alvarado. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, the Mets got on the board in the first with a four-run inning. The Phillies tried to make a comeback with some help by a two-run homer by Alex Bohm, but they fall five to four. Give the win to Trevor May out of the bullpen, as well as Hector Neris. And Edwin Diaz picks up a rare save rather than blown save. I mean, that's pretty much been his dominated Diaz. statistic over the past couple of years. Ever since he's come from uh, Seattle, he became the, the king of blown saves, actually. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, just, it's one of the more remarkable fall-aparts when you move from a small to medium market to a big market I mean, like in New York. LJ, I mean, that's the, that's the gamble you're taking when you're a player who's successful in what – uh, Diaz had was it close to 50 or over 50 saves for Seattle in maybe 2017 or 18 that's that was crazy it was one of the best best closing performances in MLB history we've really seen um, unless you go back to the 70s and 80s but uh, I mean Diaz it's, you take a gamble to move 
and he was doing well in Seattle, tried to, uh, he took the money, you know what, good for him. He got paid going to New York, but it's just not the same market. No, it's not. And I think you see this with a lot of guys, particularly in the bullpen where a change of scenery may be a good thing for a lot of guys, especially position players that are struggling. However, hot relievers really seem to often struggle. I mean, I think that might be something you're seeing with Alex Colome right now in Minnesota, of course, everything mm-hmm. there in Minnesota is an absolute wreck. We can talk about that <laughs> later on. But, I mean, he has not looked like the same guy that was in Chicago last year at all. In Call his new role. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, if you want to go back even further, excuse me, all the way to uh, uh, Tampa Bay, where mm-hmm. Colome was, was a star in the American League and, and was a great saver. Now they get another another guy in there with, um, with Diego Castillo this season. But I want to touch on Alec Baum for a second. Um, he was a rookie last season. He was a uh, runner up in AL MVP voting, or excuse me, NL MVP voting. Um, I don't remember who, who, um, who won that last year, unfortunately, but Alec Bowman. It was season, um, Devin Williams. De- right. Milwaukee. And, and he came out of nowhere because mm. it was, I thought it was going to be between Bohm and, um, and Cronenworth yeah. in uh, San Diego, uh, who I want to touch on are both Cape Cod baseball league guys. And, you know, I've been working in the Cape league, but, yeah, Boehm, I thought should have won that. He didn't. He's hitting 229 this season, so looking for a bit of a um, uh, of an uptick. He also only has three homers. He's a power hitting guy, but he played for the for the Falmouth Commodores, a team on the Cape League that I worked for um, in 2019. He actually played there in 2017. He was an All Star. He hit uh, he hit 351 in 39 games. This is a wood bat league for college players who use metal bats. 351 in 39 games. He had 10 doubles. Five home runs. He made the All Star game, uh, where uh, he uh, actually got four at bats, which is very unusual for an All Star game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the in the playoffs, he hit five seventy one over uh, over just two games. But basically, uh, every other hit, uh, every other bat, he had a hit. Um, this is a guy who, if you go to our field, there's a um, there's a road probably uh, four hundred and twenty five feet uh, from uh, left field to center field he cleared this road probably Ooh. like 450 with a wood bat when he played there. That's fantastic. And those guys, it's it's so silly to see that kind of power with like wood bats because they're not used to it. I mm-hmm. mean, so many of these guys, you see them trying to adjust when they get yeah. into these summer le- wood bat leagues to going from a some form of metal or alloy to a wood. But on that power, I've got to think that, that the, those homers are coming. Yeah, you, you just like when you see a guy like that who has a, the, the transition is so fast from college to a summer league, and then you go out there and play against the top eight players. These are not just like a bunch of college baseball players. These are the best of the best college baseball players. And if he's dominating there, it's going to come. And it's, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and I mean, you look at his numbers right now, average exit velocity, he's in the top 88% of the league right mm-hmm. now. He's hitting it hard. He just has to get that, I mean, you know, get that average up past the 229 mark a little bit and then it's just a matter of time before those four baggers are moving in we want to move on to uh, talking about the twins now yeah let's <laughs> get into that uh um, um that was that yeah <laughs> that's about where we're going tonight um <laughs> you know th- you know this is going to be a sore one to talk about as i'm uh, as i'm l- looking at this game 
right now. Uh, yeah. Andrew Benintendi, a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of action for him in Kansas City. Yeah, another bad one for the Twins today. They allow 11 runs to be scored on them, including one by Salvador Perez and and Ryan O'Hearn, and then two from former Red Sox Andrew Benintendi. Oh, no. Long long balls by Alex Kirilov and Nelson Cruz broke up the shutout in the final innings. Your final is 11 to three, Kansas City. Yeah, the Twins are a team that started out rolling. I know you want to get the pitchers in a second, but yeah, the Twins started out rolling. They even thought they had like playoff opportunities. Maybe 10 games ago when the Red Sox went and visited them actually for that series. They, yeah. were, they were riding high. Um, and then, uh, and I don't then they really got COVID. Know. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, they got COVID. Red Sox. Red Sox the Red Sox they, happened. They lucked out. The fact that the Red Sox didn't somehow walk away with a few positive cases and shut down mm-hmm. for a few weeks of their own they lucked out i don't know how that happened yeah i mean baseball is the one thing you're, where you're fortunate and it was one of the reasons that it was able to come back to some success so early in a normal setting like they did last year because you're not within such close mm-hmm. contact but maybe it's just me it's what i do a lot in my writing i do it a lot here i like to like it liken things to memes a little too much <laughs> and the one i see here is i'm not sure if you're familiar with it the one where the little Thomas the Train Engine, Thomas the Tank Engine, that would be a very different children's show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, so like he's pulling the big train and everybody's just standing around and watching. Mm-hmm. That's Byron Buxton right now. I'm not sure if you've been following it, but he's played only about 17 games. No, he, he's mashing. Yeah, and he has outperformed everyone in the league but no one's talking about him because when people go to the leaderboards, it files by the minimum plate appearances. He, he doesn't have the minimum plate appearances wow. right now. It, was he Just injured? barely. Oh. Yeah, he was injured for a little bit. So he missed like seven games. And it's so early in the season that that kind of throws it all off. I, I, I get that. But Byron, it, and it's not even, okay, fine. He's played a little amount of games. He's tied second in the AL in home runs. This is a guy who's like, he's tiny. He's 6'2", 190. I weigh more than him and I'm four inches lighter. Byron Buxton is mashing and this guy is a stick out there. I don't know how it's possible. He's in eight home runs. That is not something that is, that should be happening, but it is. Yeah. I mean, every, every, every inch is just like, you know, another 20 pounds on you. Um, <laughs> that's why I get so, so light with those. Um, I've got a stat here that might surprise you here. Mike Trout's got two war right now. Mm-hmm. Bucks, he has 2.3 war yeah. in four, le- four less games than Trout. And this is Trout's probably his best, ca- best 30 days of his career. Well, the thing is, and I've seen this with players like because I follow the Red Sox all the time I've seen this with like with um Xander Bogarts uh or you'll get players or even Christian Vasquez for a time too he'll he'll they'll just go off and do I think uh that Perez excuse me do I think that Bucks can, can keep this up no um but he's, he's going off right now I should be proud of that the thing about Mike Trout is that he keeps up a very steadily insane good pace the entire season yeah it's it's fantastic and then again like that's what frustrates you if you're a Twins fan, because basically as far as long as I can remember, probably at least 2017, I think it was when he came up or 2016, mm-hmm. when Buxton came up, he was like, okay, this guy has so much athletic talent and potential that he could not only be a gold glover in center field, but he could be the heart of our lineup 
and make it. And he just has not performed yet. He hasn't had it click until now, until now, if this is able to come as a fraction of this, if he's able to be a top 15 player through the entire season, that makes it should have made a world should make a world of difference to this team. We were talking about it in our um, preseason preview on this team back in, I want to say it was the beginning of March. Mm -hmm. If Jose Barrios can finally put a full season together in Brack, Byron Buxton, Braxton Berrios, that is um, <laughs> not the right sport. Um, if they can put a whole season together, mm -hmm. that makes an already solid Twins team really scary. Yeah. But the team's falling apart now that they're together. Yeah, but you know what? As you were right, this team has a lot of potential, and they're going to tap it. And the fact is, even if uh, Buxton does not hold this together and he finishes the season hitting 308 instead of 408 or whatever – Obviously, that's still a great season, but seeing that he can do stuff like this now, it shows that, he's, that it's possible. Yeah. All right. So we'll give the win to Danny Duffy, potentially the most slept on player in the league right now. Uh, the loss will be given to Matt Schumacher, who went three and a third of an inning, allowing eight earned runs. Duffy went seven, allowing one and striking out seven. Today's matchup will be Brad Keller against Braxton. Jose Barrios. You did it again. I wrote it here. Yeah, I know. I don't know what is going on with me tonight. A little sleep, sleep deprivation never hurt anybody. But let's get on to the Cardinals and the Pirates. Good hitting by Paul Goldschmidt and Paul DeYoung, the two Pauls really coming out today. And no, as well as Nolan Arenado helped the Cardinals get to a lead before a five-run fifth sealed the deal in the ninth. Or five-run five ninth sealed the deal. Uh, St. Louis takes down Pittsburgh 12 to five, give the win to Jack Flaherty. He went six innings, allowing three earned runs and nine strikeouts. The loss will be given to Trevor Cahill. He went five and a third, allowing five earned runs and five strikeouts. Today's matchup will be Carlos Martinez and Will Crow. Next up, we're going to get into an interesting one here. Indians and White Sox. The White Sox took advantage of a sloppy Tristan McKenzie today and a 1-2 meatball in order to pull out the win. The Chicago, Chicago won 7-3 despite being out-hit by Cleveland 5-4. Give the win to Lance Lynn. He went five innings, allowing three earned runs. The loss will give, be given to Tristan McKenzie, who went two innings, allowing five earned runs, four walks, and six strikeouts. This is something that makes, makes me angry, is this first inning by Tristan McKenzie. Mm -hmm. Not only do you have these control issues which just absolutely kill a team, kill a bullpen, kill all chances of winning when you're just letting guys on willy-nilly. But then you've got him in a pitcher's count. You've got him one-two. You should not be serving him up anything he can hit. Uh, Alex Kurloff can hit a grand slam. So Alex, is it, yeah. Is this the second inning you're talking about? Yeah, uh, first. First inning for McKenzie pitching. First inning for McKenzie pitching. It should have been, or maybe it was the second. I'm sorry. It was in his, it was in his inning. Yeah. Um, basically what happens to close the five, the four of the five earned runs came off a grand slam in a one, two count. How can you let that happen? Well, you can't, when you're up as a pitcher, you can't let that happen. Now it was, I, you said the wrong player. I think it was Tim Anderson with the, it was Tim Anderson. My bad. Yeah. He hit the grand slam. No worries. Tim Anderson has, is come becoming, and he's been becoming one of the best put, uh, hitters in the American League, just in terms of contact. He also has power. 
it's a one two count. Yes, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do and and throw a ball because you don't need to put something in the strike zone in a one two count. But Tim Anderson can go out of the strike zone and hit anything. Yeah, and it's like one of those. It's a it's a lose lose because like you're so afraid of you think about it. A young pitcher like Tristan McKenzie is going to be so afraid of putting one in the dirt that the catcher's not going to get to with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a walk in run if it gets too far from the plate. I mean, the home run Anderson hit was 388 feet. It's not like he crushed it like like a ridiculous amount of uh, ridiculous ways away. He just he hit it far enough to get over the fence. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about, and it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Um, but yeah, he's a good hitter. All right, today's matchup will pit Zach Plezak against Lucas Giolito. Next up, we got the Dodgers and the Brewers. The early portions of today's game was an absolute laser show. A little thing that I have not mentioned here is I have not told Taylor about any of the little inside jokes we have on this show that I that he has not picked up on himself. So he the sound effect the the mouth sound effects are one of them. So he will be reacting to all of these live. There's a very big one, one, a show favorite one later on that he does not quite know about yet. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Mookie Betts as well as Milwaukee's Lewis Urias and the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw. Hit home runs early. Uh, the Brewers I came. Thought about him in so long. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was in the division last year. Travis Shaw. Wait, with who? He got traded. He either got traded or cut. No, he, he got to Toronto. Toronto. Right. Yeah. So he went through Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee, Toronto, and back, back to, to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh wow. It was a. It was a. Uh, great value. Um, I don't want to say Sunmart. I'm forgetting the local uh, grocery store chain, Price Chopper, any of those Walmart brand um, version of what Araldus Chapman did with the Yankees and the Cubs. Oh, oh, yeah, the cheap version. Um, But I mean, as you were saying, this is kind of a story of two different games, right? You got a strong first three innings, like like you're getting hits right and left. You're 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 making contact. Then then uh, then middle like six, like nothing. Nothing. We got nothing. We got a two-two game in the third, and then tenth inning. 
it all comes back. Both teams figure out how to score. Absolutely. You end up with the Brewers coming back from down one in the 11th to win five to four. The win will be given to Angel Perdomo, one of my favorite new names that I've discovered today. The loss to Alex Vesia. Julio Arias will be on the mound for the Dodgers tonight. The Brewers have not yet named their starter for today. Something that drives me a little nuts as a sports person, but we live. Um, Orioles and A's. Baltimore got to an early lead thanks to a six-run third inning that included Michael Franco scoring on a wild pitch and a rare Matt Chapman error. I mean, I think we've been so used to seeing him at third base being such a staple in stable presence at that position that you get a little surprised when you see these Ramon Laureano and Mark Cana tried to pitch in during the late innings with two run, two home runs, but the A's fell eight to four. You know what? Chapman isn't perfect. He's a great third baseman having some trouble at the plate though this season. Mm-hmm. One for three today. He'd, uh, he's hitting 194. This is an A's team. For a team that I obviously they, they broke their their winning streak or a team broke their winning streak they're not up because yeah. they were at 12 13 games but but a team that has been doing so well this season not great batting average is the highest on the team at least for today's game is uh, Mark Canna hitting 253 so mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm kind of surprised that there's not more not not more high average hitters in this team yeah it was one of those things very interesting because you look at too. It was a mix of poor pitching performances from other teams and mistakes. Of course, you have that wild one, I believe mm-hmm. it was against Minnesota. That was like win 10 or 11. Yeah, where they had it, the walk-off error. Um, but also some real clamps from these starting pitching, being able to shut down some teams have got been the recipient, but they just came back with such a, they've come back with such a vengeance from that 06, everyone pronouncing them dead. I'll tell you, the athletics are something, something crazy, you know, uh, 16 and 12 is their record. They lead an AL West that is, uh, I'd say, mediocre at best. Uh, 16 and 12, they're up Astros, 15 and 12. Then you got a bunch of teams that are right around 500, Rangers, 12 and 16, like, that's a that's a division that I'd expect the Astros to be better. Um, obviously, they've gotten really screwed over to all fault of their own in the last couple of years. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it's just a, a division. I feel like. Also, I feel so bad for Mike Trout. You know, I'm a I, I'm going to go to hockey for a second. I'm a hockey fan. Um, uh, Connor McDavid has been playing for the Edmonton Oilers since he was drafted, and there's another guy. You're wasting talent here in professional sports and you have guys like Mike Trout like Connor McDavid who are on teams that can't seem to win I'll even throw Jason Tatum in the NBA on that list the Celtics can't win why have superstars on teams that can't win I know it's great build around them but if your team can't successfully build around them you're not going to get anywhere well with the the Angels, it's been like they haven't tried in so many regards. Well, they tried with, with Albert Pujols. They're like, we'll sign him to a 10-year bajillion-dollar contract. Here you, you, but like two guys. Little, like little, little did they know that he would be slow then and can no longer run now. Yeah, slow, but they didn't sign him for his slowness. They signed him for the pop. Oh, I bat. know, but it's just it, – it's been quite a uh, decline 
more so than anyone else, you can say, they, in his last contract. They also contract. signed him at the age of like 33 or something to the 10-year contract. Knowing full well, he would be in his early to mid-40s by the time it was over. Well, have you also heard this theory? Again, no real proof on this. However, there is a big-time theory among people in the front offices that he has he significantly lied about his age when he came over as international. Really? By like four years, five years. So, so he was like he's mid- older than like already older? Yes. Than we think he is? Like he's for like the theory is he's four to five years older than he claims to be. He's four or five years older than his MLB.com page would say so. And you look at these things, you look at um just the way he what he was doing when and also you look at trends for similar types of players when the power when the speed starts to drop off and his speed started to drop off at a very similar time to players that were like three four years older than him would on their progression so just an interesting theory there so wikipedia has him born in 1980 at 41 years old already now is he still playing he is yes he hasn't retired no he said he was going to after last season didn't he or he thought, no, no, no somebody like retired him this Instagram year. Yeah. Or yeah, somebody retired him before this season. And then his wife got like all upset. Right. But yeah, no, he's still, he's currently the backup second or backup second baseman. That would be a sight to see. Mm-hmm. Backup first baseman for the Angels right now. We is, will, so he's 41 years old. So you're saying there's a possibility he's 46. He could be, uh, yeah, like somewhere around 45, 44, 46, anywhere really. No one really knows exactly. Again, this is some of the stuff that happens with these internet, the international free agent market. But we will certainly get back into the Angels in a little while. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, also a uh, quick factoid, seeing we've got a uh, summer league baseball guy here right now. Raymond Loriano actually played in the league that I wrote for back in high school and All is right. right in my area. Um, Cubs and Reds. Knox by Nick Castellanos and Mike Moustakis got the big red contraption out to a 2-0 lead, but that's as far as they'd go. The Cubbies got RBIs from Nico Horner, Jason Hayward, and pitcher Zach Davies in order to win 3-2. The win will go to Rex Brothers, my other name I loved tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the loss will be given to Luis Castillo, who went five and a third of an inning, allowing three earned runs and five strikeouts. Trevor Williams will take on Tyler Molly today. This has been a just as shocking as the A's came back to being in prominence. The Reds fall back down to earth has been jarring, with the exception of that Dodgers series, which has also who have also been in a rough spot. Yeah, the day the Reds are actually dom- dominant is will be an interesting day because I have I don't know if I've ever seen them dominant in my lifetime. Maybe back in the Joey Votto like glory days, <clears throat> the but... Joey Votto hitting four hundred glory days. Yeah, but no, this team is mediocre. Yeah, it's and it's mostly the pitching because, I mean, you think about it, what got them to the playoffs was the fact that they had the Cy Young winner last year. And so they can they can sustain the amount of power hitters they have on this team who yeah, aren't going to always be on. Like, yeah, they were, I, they were lucky. They were able to get Trevor Bauer in a, in a year where Trevor Bauer was becoming the evil man he is today. Now I say that with all the love in the world. I think Trevor Bauer's awesome. He's one of my favorite players in MLB because he's totally crazy. But uh he was, you know what I mean? He was like he was like the Phoenix rising from the ashes. 
um, because he went from this player uh, who, uh, he, he, like, he was just like an average pitcher and he turned himself into this stud. And there's all these theories to why he did that. I'm sure you know them, but uh, but it's just interesting to see his his rise. Yeah, because I just I love him because he's so. He's so, like the like so many of the fans. He's so analytical about the game and about mm. his approach. That oh, he's, he's so smart. He's yeah, he's so able. Smart. He's able. He was able to build himself up, and with that, also came that Trevor Bauer ego, which is always a little off. Because I mean, you think about the way that he was presented back in those worlds that World Series run and everything, where he was like kind of the goofy oddball um, middle of the rotation starter who gets his fingers cut up by drones and such. Um, and then all of a sudden you kind of didn't hear about him. And then all of a sudden he started to really get that personality. He starts fighting with the MLB over his video rights usage. He starts throwing balls over the center field wall while he's trying to get traded. But that was certainly a good deal for Cincinnati, who not only did they pick up um, Trevor Bauer in that deal, but they get to uh, cut loose of, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Yasiel Puig in that deal as well. Right, yeah. Went across. True. So, I mean, that was kind of one volatile personality for another volatile personality, but you take what you can get. You certainly got the better of the players. So, Taylor, would you like to take this next game? I know it's near and dear to both of our hearts. A little sad, but. The uh, Boston, yeah, Boston and Texas. Well, you know what? They're, uh, they're, uh, tech, Boston is, uh, just having a great season and yeah. we got to say that at first like you know what this is a, a team that everyone began to write off um and uh they're at the top of the al 17 and 11 they dropped the game tonight to texas uh it's a four game series uh they were tied at one one coming into it texas had a good first win Sox came back with a dominant performance yesterday uh they jumped out to a two-run shot thanks to uh the one and only hunter renfro who uh who likes to find uh, little times throughout uh, the uh, season to spark one home runs now and then and like him to do that more often. <laughs> I would like him to just not do it in a way that makes me feel like he's only doing it just, just frequently enough that we don't get mad. Yeah. And then just, he can just kind it's, of. No, exactly. It's like, he's, it's like, he's bouncing along. Like, and the thing is, if we won a game like this and he hit it in a more significant time, we'd be like, Oh yeah. Hunter Renfro, like good for him. He's just going to hit it 500 feet in meaningless games in, sprinkled throughout the year. And yeah. you'll forget at the, at the time, you'll forget how bad he's been playing until like after the season, you look at the whole, your numbers and you're like, how did this guy get in so many games? Well, yeah. And also, and also just well enough to at the end of the season, look at the stats and be like, Oh yeah, he had 10 home runs, but it might be like, like one home runs every 20 games mm. <laughs> like something like that uh but yeah it was a back and forth game today Sox two nothing uh texas jumped out to a three two lead Sox come back five three bogarts had a uh, nice uh single to score verdugo texas comes back they, in the sixth inning they had a big sixth uh fifth and sixth running they um went up seven to five Sox in later innings couldn't really Find a comeback there. Uh, Vasquez at a sack fly that's where Bogart's ring within one. Then Culbertson uh, put Texas back up by two. And that's how it stood. Uh, eight to six, Texas won. Uh, so the Sox did fall to 17 and 11. They will look tomorrow to Garrett Richards, who's coming off 
crazy uh, game. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but uh, the wins today to uh, Sabors, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, 1.1 innings pitched, one in run, three Ks. And Matt Andrees took the loss, one inning pitched, uh, three in runs, one K. As you'll see there, um, it was the relief pitchers who uh, who got the decisions here. Eduardo Rodriguez, this is the first game of the season that Rodriguez has pitched that he's not gotten a win. Right. You know that? Crazy. He did go five inning, uh, five innings, allowed eight hits, four earned runs, so definitely not his best start. His ERA is up to 418. Um, and then on the other side, it's going to be uh, Lyles. Uh, Jordan Lyles um, was the starter for Texas. He went four runs, allowing uh, six hits and five earned runs. So he would have been in for the loss uh, if the bullpen for the Red Sox could keep it. They've been good for the most part, but gave this one up today. They've been good until like the last like four days. So you yeah. can't complain with one rough week. But yeah. I'm not sure who I who I'm afraid of more as a fan. Would I be more afraid as a Red Sox fan of Garrett Richards or as a Rangers fan of Mike Fulton Evich right now? Oh, my, do you remember like a couple years ago when Mike Fulton Evich was like the on ace top of the Braves of the baseball world yeah. for like a, like a couple months? He was the ace of the Braves, and it was great. And then I'm pretty sure he had one start where he gave up like six runs in like point one innings, and then he was like dropped. Yeah, off the face of the planet. <laughs> and I was surprised because I haven't followed the Rangers really at all this season. I was looking at this game and I was like, oh my gosh, he's like still alive. Yeah, well, what happened was he got hurt um, at the end of 2019. And so like going into 2020, he was trying to rehab. He was getting back to it. And his fastball velocity was basically like 89. Huh. Like he'd lost like four at least for like four miles an hour off his fastball and looked absolutely terrible in his first start for the Braves that, that year. So they weren't, they weren't going to waste any more time with that and just decided, okay, we're going to go with no starting pitching rather than bad starting pitching. So they suffered through that year, but you're right. It feels like the Braves have had a new ACE every single season. Yeah. So, so now we were talking about this uh, pitching matchup for tomorrow, Garrett Richards, Mike Fulton, which, uh, starting tomorrow in the final game of the season, Red Sox looking to even it up and finish the season tied at two two. Richards this season one and two overall record. He is a four ninety five no four ninety four excuse me ERA with twenty two Ks. Last ten last seven days, which accounts for I believe just one Gary Richards start. He is one and zero with a one twenty nine ERA and seven Ks. Yes, um, that that was is, the seven inning. Yeah, yeah seven innings. One earned run, 10 Ks. Fantastic start for him. If he could continue to roll off that, he could prove that uh, Heim Bloom wasn't uh, totally crazy for uh, signing him for a lot of money. I know you have your thoughts about that. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I want to, I don't think we've really talked about it since I've really developed this opinion, mm-hmm. but I think he's already lost the fan base. Oh, completely. I, I do. I like, do. I'm not sure it's reparable, re- repairable because you look at the amount of excuses he made after those couple bad starts about, you know, the jacket, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. which I don't want, I don't want to take as excuses, but if they weren't excuses, why were you blocking Red Sox reporters after the game on Twitter? Why, why are you blocking Jerry Carabas on Twitter? I mean, if you're not able to handle Honestly, I've found if you're not able to handle Jared Carabas in particular, (laughs) who's probably the most annoying of the group, then you're not going to fare well with this fan base. 
it happened the same for uh, Pablo. Happened the same for Joe Kelly when he first got here. Like, there's a long list. David Price did not have a good time with Jerry Carabas. It seems like the majority of the guys that have... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready not been able to take the heat of Boston have had their issues early and often with some of these guys in the media. Well, Jared Carabas is a very, like that, that's an extreme example of, of someone who's probably very approachable in the Boston media, but the Boston media is going to beat you down if you're an athlete and they're going and And if you can come out the other side, if you can actually stay up on your feet, then yeah, you can survive. And that's why guys like a big poppy who's so laid back and chill that they're able to handle that uh, for for the time that he did. Um, but yeah, you know what? Um, if you can't handle the Boston media, then maybe you don't belong in Boston. Now, interestingly enough, like Mike Richards is coming off that great start, Mike fulton is looking to turn his season around too. He's one and three in the season with a 461 ERA, which is very similar to Richards. Although in the last seven days, fulton one and oh, 169 ERA. Nice. And four Ks. Obviously, the K is less for him. But you look at these, these are two players, two pitchers who have pretty bad seasons to begin with. Their last start, pretty dynamite. Pretty dynamite. Uh, uh, Fultonovich's last start, he went 5.1, allowed one and run. Again, yeah, I, I don't think we can ever judge. We shouldn't be pruning the bush until Memorial Day. But this this could be a tide turner for guys like this who look like they could be poised to have a very rough, very up and down season. If they can make it two good starts here, that could really go a long way towards gaining that confidence. It'll be cool for both of them if this could be like a like a two to one game tomorrow because we've seen a lot of a lot of run output already this season, this yeah. series. Um, unless there's another spot you want to jump in, I think we can run through these next few pretty quick before we get to the Angels and the Mariners. Uh, Rockies D-backs, Ryan McMahon drove in a few in the first, which is apparently an omen of what was to come. Carson Kelly kept Arizona respectable for a while, but they allowed 18 hits and 14 runs in this 14-5 to Colorado win. Give the, that win to Austin Gomer, who went six innings, allowing two earned runs. It will also be given to Zach Gallen, who went four innings, allowing four earned runs and seven strikeouts. Yeah, really just a... Solid all-around job by the Rockies, who've been taking games away that I don't think anyone thought they could. Yeah. Um, we'll move on to Houston and Tampa now. Uh, yeah. Houston uh, pulled away with a 3-1 to one lead. Not really much to talk about here. They uh, they got a 3 nothing lead early in the first inning. Bregman with a, a single to score Altuve, and Gurriel scored a Alvarez and Bregman 
uh, right after uh, right after that first hit for Bregman. Bregman. So uh, three to one, uh, Diaz uh, chipped in with a uh, a uh, RBI ground out to short to score uh, Brandon Lau, um, and uh, and Houston walked away with the vicar, uh, vic victory. Uh, Urquidy picked up the win for Houston. Seven innings pitched, no earned runs. Fabulous for him and uh, Fleming. For the Rays, suffered the loss. Six innings pitched, three earned runs, four Ks. And now the Rays are officially at the bottom of Ooh. the AL East in the basement. That's a big fall place from, to be, especially when you have a team like the Orioles. Big fall, a big fall from Rays, too, from going to the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we got the Giants and the Padres, a series I think a lot of people are looking forward to with how well the Giants have been playing. Home runs from Mauricio Dubon for San Francisco, and then Manny Machado and Jerks and Profar of San Diego headlined this game where the Padres win six to two. Give the win to Blake Snell, his first on the year. He wow. goes five innings, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss to Anthony Disclavani, probably the least deserved loss of the day. Six innings, allowing three earned runs. In game three of this series, we get Kevin Gosman on the mound for San Francisco against an unidentified San Diego pitcher. Blake Snell, excuse me, Blake Snell with his first win of the season. Yeah, but if you look at who he's pitched against, I'm pretty sure at least two of his starts have been against the Dodgers, wow. which means you're either leaving early because they're trying to protect the lead or you're down because it's the Dodgers. Yeah. So he's kind of been put in a tough situation with those. That's going to be interesting uh for me to see because i feel like he rose to this great pitcher role so well in, in tampa bay and i think it's going to be really interesting to see how he adapts to a new city in the similar way that um we were talking about evan diaz mm -hmm. um great pitcher in tampa bay can he continue it in a different place yeah um but yeah san diego won um they uh they've been really kind of hurt by their uh their and now West opponent, the Dodgers, this uh, this season. They've played the Dodgers a bunch, have not fared well against them, although they've been really, really good games. Yeah, they ended up, I believe it, I don't remember what it is now. I think it's either split or like one game back and forth. They really took chunks out of both they of did. them. But the winner in all of that has been San Francisco, who yeah, ended who up just continues starting 16-9. and nine. They just are get to chip away and gain some form of lead in that division. I, th I certainly thought they were about above a 500 team. This is a very, proven to be a very good pitching staff. They put together pieces and I respect them for trying to compete with these two teams, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's an overreaction to say that May is going to be the most important, could be the most important month before September for them. Oh, absolutely. because you have two after going with no real competition in division, you now have two series against the Padres which the first one hasn't gone too well so far, and then two series against the Dodgers in May. Part of this absolutely ridiculous um, schedule, which I don't even want to unpack, where teams are playing uh, the same team every other weekend in months and then not playing them for months. The Red Sox-Yankees don't start till June. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's, That's wild. It's a real mess. But next up, I believe we've got Atlanta and Toronto. Yeah, a uh, big come-behind win. For the Blue Jays, uh, helped out by two home runs, the first two home runs for uh, George Springer in his Toronto Blue Jays career. So uh, good luck to him in Toronto. One of the home runs, LJ, was a 470-footer. 
Yeah. That's yeah. close because if I'm correct, Yerman Mercedes was somewhere 477, 488. Yeah. It was some yeah, it was it was a it was a double number. So I think yeah, he's very close. Gotta be the second longest of the year. But yeah, no, Springer, Springer, uh, I guess he's healthy, he's mash and Braves. <laughs> Braves were up five to two in the top of the six. They had a good beginning to the game and suddenly, uh, suddenly uh, didn't work out very well for them. The Blue Jays poured the runs on in the sixth. They got two in the sixth and then they got uh, one in the seventh to tie it. Five, five Springer, um, 470 foot home run tied the game in the seventh inning. And then in the bottom of the 10th, Randall Gritchick singled to center scoring uh, Espinal. And uh, that's all she wrote. For uh, for Toronto, they won the game by a final of six to five in extra innings. Uh, Romano with the win, uh, one inning, no earned runs for him, and uh, Jones with the loss, just two thirds of an inning, and no earned runs. Uh, yeah, Toronto. Um, Toronto is a decent team here in the AL East. Uh, they're uh, they're they're threatening um, the uh, the top guns and in the Red Sox, and you know they're second. So. <laughs> the only team besides the Red Sox with a winning record in the AL East. Well, yeah, you know this is going to be a real slugfest. The two Easts are by far the most talented divisions because they only have two teams in both of them. Well, one team in both of them that's going to be bad, like bad, bad. Yeah. I mean, the Marlins are not nearly ready to be actually competing over a season longer than sixty games, and Baltimore wasn't even trying to compete in the sixty-game season, so. Going into 162, that's not going to change. That's going to change for the Marlins, not going to change for the Orioles. And so you're going to have the your other four teams absolutely beating up on each other all year. Yep. And uh, uh, Pache led the Braves with four RBIs in this game. That was courtesy of a grand slam. So Very good. nice. Yeah. I believe next game is going to have podcast favorite Ian Anderson up in the mound for the Braves. Of course, uh, Taylor, I'm not sure if you know this, that he is – from about half an hour south of me. So I got to, yeah, I got to see him back in high school. I'll tell you, I'm not shocked that he is going to be the future ace of the Atlanta Braves rotation. It just does not shock me at all. All right, let's, let's get into our final game of the night. The Angels and the Mariners, a very exciting game for me. A home run trout around the bases for Mike Trout started the scoring, but that was not the headline of the game. It was, in fact, Tony. Tony Rendon drove in four runs on a double and a home run while Jared Walsh put two over the wall. The Angels win 10-5. to Give that win to Griffin Canning. Man, he went so great tonight, don't you think, Taylor? The <laughs> loss will be given to LJ Newsom. Certainly a favorite. He's practically my brother. I love him. The next game will be Dylan Bundy and Justice Sheffield. But how about that game from Tony Rendon? You got to love Tony. He's going for one, uh, one in New York. He's from the neighborhood, man. Tony. <laughs> Every time. If we say Tony, we go through the rest of this until I just randomly, you know, either have the accent fall apart or I just decide to stop and I'll stop mid-sentence. Well, it's already starting, but um, now I'm kind of kind of gripping a pizza. But yeah, the, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, the Angels uh, with a big victory, 10 to five over Seattle. Um, I'm, I'm just surprised how well Seattle played the Red Sox, but that's a different story. But, um, but yeah, Seattle uh, smacked dab in the middle of the AL West, 15 and 13 record. And the, uh, 
The Angels, just below them at 13 and 12, is the battle of the AL West. Um, Seattle was down big in this. They were down 10 to 1, tried to claw their way back a little bit. Not really much they could do. No, and again, I think this is just a matter of an incredible team that's finally starting to put it together with its, of course, giant hole being the starting pitching here in LA. They've actually tried and successfully are sort of successfully doing a team for Mike Trout. You get Tony Rendon, you get uh, now Jared Walsh up, you've got Shohei Otani, who we're going to talk about a little later. Um, It's really a uh, pretty good spot for him to be in but they've just not shored up this pitching at all Mm -hmm. and it's shocking that they didn't go out and push for Trevor Bauer who obviously seems very willing to be in LA right now being with the Dodgers after they were the runners up for Garrett Cole and then they proceed to not go after one of the any of the top pitchers in this market and settle for a bunch a bunch of bargain spots like I would rather have a one and four fours then I would have liked to have five threes. And that's basically what they have right now, with the exception maybe Otani is able to step up into that ace role. But other than that, they've got about five number three pitchers in my mind. Shohei Otani is really starting to turn into the guy that people were afraid he could (laughs) um, and that teams wanted to sign him for. But yeah, I mean, the teams that passed up on him are now starting to realize, oh, maybe we were wrong. Maybe he actually could do this successfully. He's hitting the ball really well. He's pitching really well. Yeah, we're going to get into his pitching in the next segment, which I'm very excited to talk about. Actually, I'm going to move it right up to the start of the PPP, particular players people should care about. So in this segment, we will be going through some particular performers that have performed on this day or recently. And I'm going to lead off with this stat about Shohei Otani, because I don't know if you remember the most unhittable pitch the best pitch in baseball back in 2018 was Shohei Otani's splitter oh I remember that he went he had was batters were two for 55 against it striking out 35 times of course he had his issues in 19 he had his issues in 20 he is back to the mound in 2021 and already starting off incredible that splitter is currently 0 for 19 with 18 strikeouts. Oh, dear. How on earth do you pit, hit this pitch? Um, yeah, you don't. You hope it's low. <laughs> you, hope, you, you, hope, <laughs> you hope you're Billy Hamilton. You can stick your bat out and get to first base in time. I mean, if there's a pitch that's providing that, little, that much less contact than regular pitches, then, yeah, you don't swing. Because, I mean, I bet if people do make contact – they're uh, they're making it weak and they're direct grounding it right to the shortstop. Yeah, I just I I'm I'm blown away. I was a hater. I will admit, I didn't think he was going to put it together ever. I mean, I just thought these last couple of years with the pitching has been so rough that he should just move and just be a DH. That can be his life, his world, and he can focus on the hitting. But this pitching has slowly become better and better, and I think a part of that is being able to help himself in the lineup as the DH. That, oh, must, that must give him such a comfort knowing that he can ha- directly control his outcomes while he's out there. Yeah, 329 area this season. In his three games started, he's uh, only given up five earned runs and 23 strikeouts. That's fantastic. And um, I'm not sure how you feel about this. 
I'm not sure if you've heard about this yet, but in one of the leagues that they test the new rules in, in the minors this year, they're trying a new version of the designated hitter mm. where basically they're going to, the designated hitter would be an option only through the starters section of the game. What do you mean? So like, let's say your starter goes five innings, mm-hmm. your DH will be in the lineup through those five innings. Uh-huh. After you pull the starter, a pitcher goes into that slot. Interesting. So the whole the whole point of it is to incentivize both pace of play by having less early cha- um, pitching changes, but also it would help really just keep starters in the game. So and everything's not bullpenning and things look a little more normal and. I understand right. that. I feel like it would almost work better though if it was the other way around. The other the way pitcher, around. The pitcher bats until he's pulled, and then a DH is in for the rest of the game. Interesting. I think that could be cooler in terms of the game, but in terms of pace of play, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think the other reason that the um, the way they're working works is because it brings back my only complaint about not having the designated hitter in, or about having the designated hitter in the American League right now, is that it does not test the depth of the roster nearly as much as the National League does. Oh, because you have to have... First off, you can't have as deep a bullpen. You can get away with having fewer position players on your roster in the American League because you're not going to need that many pinch hitters. In the National League, you need more guys, which means you're going to have less guys in your bullpen. Mm -hmm. And each of those guys better be able to step up to the plate and get some run production in, or else it's just going to be a black hole in the the lineup. You only need to make sure the top nine, the one through nine can hit if you're in the AL, really. Yeah. In the NL, you need to make sure one through nine plus 10, 11, 12, 13 can hit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so it's a, such a show of depth that I think that would really help the game. And then again, you could also use this as a purely national thing if they wanted, where they want to want to be able to have some form of difference between the league. Like there always used to be, of course, there's really, it's pretty much seamless except for the DH mm-hmm. now, but you could do that. You could make it kind of a hybrid DH for the National League rather than a full-on thing, and that would make things a lot better. Next up, we've got Jesus Aguilar, who I'm not sure if you've been following this, but has been on an absolute tear over these last several weeks, or uh, this past week. He has six home runs on the year, six homers in eight games. Whoa. Absolute tear of power, and this is exactly the type of thing you'd expect to see from Jesus Aguilar from back in his days in Milwaukee where he would just tear the cover off the ball when he could, every chance he could. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a yeah, power hitter um, back in Milwaukee 2018, 35 homers for him. It's really tailed off the last few seasons. Hasn't really played a bunch the last few seasons, uh, not, not even close to full seasons uh, since 2019 at least. Um, this season, though, he is – has 103 plate appearances. He's leading the league in uh, RBIs at 23. Really hitting the cover off the ball. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, I mean, you, you love to see it. I think he was, back, especially back in Milwaukee, he was one of the most fun players ever. And he made it so much easier to hate Manny Machado. Not sure if you remember when he just went, Manny Machado went out of his way to step on the back of his Aguilar's heel. And he just looked so incredibly hurt, not because of like injury, but like hurt that one of the best players in the game, the guys that he looked up to before he was getting into the league would go out of his way to hurt him. But that's just, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to disrespect that that's Manny being Manny, but that was the first thing I, that was so Manny stepped on Aguilar's. Yes. Aguilar was at first base. Manny was running down the line during a playoff game and he went like, he was going towards the outside of the bag and came into the inside of the bag with his foot to. I didn't realize Aguilar was that much, that young. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, young, both a young and um, just lack of experience time, especially compared to Machado, who was one of the top uh, prospects through all of that. But like, yeah, I mean, it's just, he's not a good guy. He's not a good person. Not at all. I, I have my own thoughts about Machado from our the Pedroia days. It, uh, he's still dead to me. It's the only re- it's the only reason I'm rooting for the Dodgers this year, other than the Red Sox. They're my NL to team beat, to beat the Dodgers. I would rather see the Dodgers win another World Series. I'd rather see Mookie get another ring mm-hmm. than I would Manny Machado ever see success. That's fair. I do not like Manny Machado. He, I mean, he's I've been certainly my one of my favorite players over the last while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not Manny Machado, Dustin Pedroia right. in my life. And so after that, I just, I, I can't forgive him. <laughs> Next up, we've got probably the most untalked about player in baseball. Danny Duffy had, I guess you could call it a rough start today. He went seven innings, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. That popped his ERA all the way up to 0. 0.60. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a travesty to have a 0. 0.60 ERA. I mean, Four in one season. You can't, you, you can't do that. You just can't do it. But yeah, I mean, is it fair to say he's the most underrated, most untalked about guy out of this first month? Well, I haven't really heard much about him, so I'd say so. Yeah. Because I play, play a decent amount of, uh, a decent amount of the MLB and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, now I haven't really heard much about Danny Duffy this season. And you know what? He's, uh, he's a Cy Young worthy, if you want to say, just this early into the season. Yeah. I mean, it's, He's certainly not going to keep this pace. He's not going to keep pace with Bieber. He's not going to keep pace with DeGrom. However, he is a very good pitcher in his own right. And it's just a little snippet of what you're going to, what you always see with this can with Kansas city, no matter how much good they do, no matter how much they develop guys like Danny Duffy, no matter how many guys like Carlos Santana, they go out and get in free agency. They're not going to get looked at as anything other than the, little baby brother of all the other teams because they're the deemed the small market and they're also in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So no one seems to care, but they, this, that franchise is worth so much more than that. Yep. They really are. They, they won the world series. Mm. And then it just kind of all, it, it fell, it fell off because they granted, granted they needed a rebuild, but like they're starting to really turn things around, put things together. I think Andrew Benatendi could be a really sneaky move for them. And it will be great. I mean, yeah, looking back at it, it's not that I don't think Franchi could be a very exciting player. They got the best out of that deal. Yeah, I agree. Because they didn't have to give up that much. You got picks on stuff for Benintendi too, right? 
You got we got prospects. Yeah. Just just prospects, no picks. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's very limited picks that can really get moved around, but we got like five or six prospects between them and the Mets. Oh, but no. the amount that they had to give up that was really long term piece. Like for guy, a guy like Franchi Cordero, who was at the center of it. Yes, that's a great thing if the if he pans out for the Red Sox, but it's not it's not a guarantee. There's it's more likely I think that Andrew Benintendi comes back to where he was when he first came into the league and becomes that four or five WAR every season player for Kansas City than it is that Franchi Cordero becomes whatever Heim Bloom thought he could. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. Next up, we got Jared Walsh, of course, has two dingers in the Angels game today. I mean, I find it absolutely amazing that they weren't able to see this. I mean, I don't know if it was just maybe it was too much loyalty to Albert Pujols or what, but the fact that he wasn't in the starting lineup from day one is ridiculous. I mean, he was just rot- he was wasting away as a pinch hitter and bench guy for those first that first week. And then all of a sudden they put him in and he was hitting nukes. He was adding so much to this offense. I think, I believe it was on Batflip yesterday, our interview. If you haven't seen that show, make sure you go check it out. We had Batflip for about the last half hour. There are another show on the Belly Up Sports podcast network. And they, they flat out said it. He is having a very quiet production this year in that Angels lineup. And it really helps things move together. Well, yeah, I want to talk about uh, Jared Walsh for a second. He's another guy who played for the Cape League. But you want to know something that's great about the Cape League is you're young enough when you play there that uh, you can still be both a pitcher and a position player. Jared Walsh, who's a batter now, uh, came to the Cape League. He only had 11 at-bats. He hit 455, kind of raked with a double, a few hits, right, mm-hmm. and 11 at-bats in six games. He also started six games on the mound for the Cavaliers that season, and uh, and appeared nine total games, thirty four innings pitched. His ERA one point oh five in thirty four innings pitched with twenty two strikeouts. So this is a guy who is a is an athlete, all around athlete. This is in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Here we are, eight years later. He's starting to really rake with the bat, but he can do everything. Yeah, and I just think. That's so so exciting. I mean, of course, I've been a little too far away to have ever experienced it, but we'll go into your relationship with the Cape League later on in just a couple of minutes. I think it's absolutely fantastic that you're able to you're able to get exposed to so many of these guys right before you get to see how they're panning out. But first, before we get into that, we have the Nelson Cruz home run watch presented by L.J. LaFura. We will talk about how many homers does Nelson Cruz have today because he now has eight homers on the year, and that brings him up to a total of, drum roll, I'm losing the career. I lost the career. Um, I believe it's uh, 455 now for his career, or 425, 425, that's it. Um. Yeah, 425 for his career. Really, he's getting closer, inching closer. Uh, Taylor, to fill you on in this, we are very patiently watching for Nelson Cruz to hit that 500 home run mark because 
he says he wants to do it. He says that's his number one goal. And the pandemic may have robbed him of it. Is he getting close to retirement, though? Um, he seems very focused on that 500 homer. So he's at 425 now, actually. Yes. 425. So he's 75 home runs away. Yes. So hypothetically, all right, eight home runs this month. Six times eight is 48. So you're looking at 48 run pace now. He's been routinely hitting around 40. So if we were to add another 30 on that, that only means he'd have to do another two more years after this. Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable and I would love to see it, but any, if he could just get absolutely hot and go on a tear and reach that, maybe get a little closer to it this year where he could possibly get it in a year. I would absolutely love to see it. Wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anytime someone gets, gets within reach of history there, that's awesome. And the 500 home run club, not a lot of people born into that. No, it's honestly, it's one, it's one of the main, you know, it's those, those power, it's the pepper echelon of power to be able to be in those that strikeout caliber, the 500 home run mark. And then of course you got all of the mm-hmm. hits ones and all of that, that are a little more well-rounded, but Nelson Cruz, the late bloomer is doing very well here. So let's get more into you Taylor to wrap up this show here. We're running a touch over, but I would love to know how you, your relationship with, sports and sports journalism started and how you ended up at the Cape League oh geez well, that's a story and a half all right cool so um I mean I like I've watched I've done the sports thing my entire life right like I I I watched the the Bruins uh win the Stanley Cup like growing up in New England sports era where it's where it's we I have only known winning really like right mm-hmm. I'm, I'm only to admit that I was uh, a year old a year and a half old when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl I guess I was just about to turn two, but, uh, and then the Red Sox started to go off and the Patriots and the Celtics and the Bruins won in 2011. And so I was just raised into that sports atmosphere. Um, but also I wasn't really competitive until, until, uh, 2010, 2011. I really you were started, competitive. I will no, I guess I was, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I was, but like, I wasn't so invested in sports. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just started to get more and more into it um, and really enjoy it. I played little league. I was really bad at it, but, um, uh, but yeah, I started to get more and more into sports. And, and then um, uh, in high school, I read a bunch of articles all the time and I just was so invested in my mom was like, Taylor, you got to do something with, uh, with your life in sports or else you're just going to have no life because you're just going to do sports all the time. And I said, well, maybe I'll make sports my life. So, so, uh, so yeah, then I just started to, um, uh, then I just decided I'd apply here and, and try to work with, uh, in the sports communication field. And it's been so much fun. I've been able to broadcast, which is my first, my first love that I wanted to do. Um, cause I'm a fan of Boston sports and I've liked our broadcasters. And, and then I, uh, began to realize I'm a, I've been a decent journalist in terms of, uh, uh, writing sports articles and articles in general. So I was able to work with the Cape Cod Baseball League as a, PA announcer in 2019 with the Commodores. This past season, I was going to go back with the Commodores as, as the uh, web reporter to write articles for them throughout the season. The season obviously obviously got canceled, and so I reached out to the league instead, um, and I said, "Do you have anything that I could do?" and And they said, uh, "And they said, yeah, like yeah, you can write for us this summer." So I wrote for them. There was a group of us that wrote. I wrote probably like ten articles over the course of summer. It was a lot of fun. It was some really good work. Got some more reps going in with that, and 
then my boss offered me the senior writer position at the end of the year. And that was such a great, um, so, I mean, really great honor is like to, to show that he liked me enough to keep me on. And it's also one of the few stipended positions I get paid, uh, not a lot. Um, and it's going to be like one payment at the end of the summer. But that's really cool that, uh, that, I, that I get that opportunity. Um, I'm hoping to bring as much as I can to the league. This year, I've been writing articles um, since September for the league. It's been a lot of fun, but it's just a great place. If you ever, you've never been to a Cape League game? I've never been able to get to You've got to get to a Cape League game. And I'm not lying when I say it's heaven, when I say you're looking at future Major League Baseball players. The crazy thing is, is you have no idea which ones it's going to get. You can be like, oh, this guy's really talented, but you don't know if he's going to get there because anything can happen. But there are guys there who are going to be the future stars. We look at a few of the ones in the Cape League, in the MLB today. Um, Chris Sale uh, was a star pitcher for the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox. He actually met his wife on the Cape. Um, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, also played, I don't remember what team he played for. Jason Veritek was in the Cape League. Um, so many guys. Kendall Graveman for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I mean, there, you, there's a pick of the litter on every team. We mm. talked about Alec Baum, uh, uh, Jake Cronenworth. Um, it's just it's just a league that creates stars. Absolutely. I, I've got to be honest. There's no good reason I haven't gotten there other than just – It's distance, man. It's, it's a little out of the way yeah. from where we normally vacation. But I've always, like, it's been on my – certainly been on my to-do list. I've heard the reputation, of course – for our pop culture reference of the day, in case we haven't had it, I can't recall. Um, thoughts, if you've seen it, Summer Catch. The movie? Yeah. Wait, that's about the Cape League, right? Yeah. I haven't seen it. You haven't I seen haven't. it. I, it's on my list. It's on my list. If you don't see it this summer, <laughs> we're watching it when we get back because it is one of my favorite rom-coms ever. It's got um, Jessica Biel. It's got Freddie Prince Jr., shaggy dude from. That's about the Cape League. Right? Yeah, it's a it's a love story about uh, basically it's a pitcher that kind of burned out of every spot he went, and it's his last shot is with the Cape League. Mm-hmm. He meets this girl who's from a high, the high class vacationing part of the Cape, and they fall in love, and it's all of their trials and tribulations mixed in with him trying to make a name for himself. Right, on well, the don't Cape. give it away. That sounds great. I got an idea. Um, I got the, I got a house in the Cape. Why don't you come down and visit for a few days this summer? We'll go to some games, right? I'll, yeah. I'll be working, but I'll take you to a couple of games, and we can we can sit and watch that movie. All right, sounds like, sounds a, great sounds like a great time. All right, before we <laughs> before we wrap up, I'll give you some ch- a chance to uh, pl- plug anything you need, any uh, social medias you want to go f- first. But first, do you have any interesting stories, any f- fun guys that you've met that you could tell us real quick? Oh, on the Cape? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I've uh, I, obviously all my bosses, like no one would know them, but but they're uh, they're really great. The president of the Cape League, Chuck Sturdivant, is a fantastic guy, and he uh, one of the reasons I fell in love with the league so much is he he got to know me by by name. Like mm-hmm. I I barely knew his name before he knew my name. Yeah. Like, which is crazy. And uh, so the everyone, all my bosses are amazing. But um, I was able to. Uh, I spent a lot of time with the 2019 Commodores and um, Hayden Cantrell was drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers in this past draft. He was on the team. He was awesome for us. Uh, Trey Cruz was drafted, um, I believe, in the second or third round by the Detroit Tigers. Um, he played for the Commodores, another really great infielder. And then uh, Zach Deloach, he was the second round pick for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, 
and he, he's another one. He actually won the batting title that summer. He's, he's going to be a star, but there's a lot of other ones. Carmen Majinski, uh, who was drafted um, in the second round as well. Um, there's a lot. And then, and then, but the, the cool thing is about the Cape League, the last three number one overall picks played there. Wow. Yeah, we got uh, Spencer Torkelson um, this past year, then Adley Rutschman. Uh, uh, Torkelson actually, or no, Rushman played for the Commodores in 2016 or 17. And then Torkelson played for the um, Orleans, I believe. And then Casey Mize, the pitcher for yep. Detroit the year before that, also played. So, wow. So many players. It's it's certainly the spot to check out if you are a baseball fan. So once yeah. again, Taylor, thank you for coming with me. Sorry me. for running a little bit over on I'm you, sorry. but I've had a great time chatting up today. And I would love, we would love, of course, to have you back next time. We need a little save here, of course, with Brendan <laughs> not being able to come with us. Make sure you guys all follow us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. I am at lj underscore vp underscore lafira and taylor do you have anything to plug before we head out sure uh, i'm uh, in on instagram i'm at t vials underscore 88 and um on twitter i'm just uh at t vials 88 so give me a follow <laughs> all right thank you taylor vials senior writer for the cape cod baseball league uh, make sure to come back to us tomorrow for more daily baseball content. We will also be back with OOTP on Twitch this Thursday night, 8 to 9. We're very excited to get back to it now that the draft's over. Just about everything is starting to settle down. We should be able to get back on the wagon with that. So in the meantime, see you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 